and welcome back to Illuminating Anorexia, a podcast for anyone struggling with anorexia or other disordered eating, self and body image concerns. This is your host Michelle Sparks and great to have your company. Last time we were chatting about the eating disorder landscape. We touched upon anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder. I mean, we could talk about statistics, we could talk about particular diagnoses. I just wanted to add add into that, um, really to particularly reach out to the males who are listening to this podcast. I so want to talk to you. You know, in the late 90s, I developed a program called Women Worth Their Weight. And the reason I did that was because at that point, I had just been seeing a number of girls, individuals, struggling with disordered eating and I felt that there was a place to do some small group work, confidential small group work, where we could pull apart some of what was going on and start to address issues that were commonly experienced in disordered eating. And because I'm a woman and I had struggled as a woman as I and I understood what it was like to be a woman in this landscape, I started with the population I understood best. And I just am very aware that I don't want that to um, just push guys away from getting help. This is definitely an area where men struggle as well, of course. I mean, we are talking about dealing with difficult and painful self-experience. Well, that can be anyone at any age, and it can be manifest in many different ways apart from an eating disorder. A couple of the ways I just thought it would be worth talking about. um, For guys, there's a thing called muscle dysmorphia or bigorexia or reverse anorexia, And it's a subtype of body dysmorphic disorder, which actually doesn't fall under the eating disorder spectrum. It falls under the obsessive compulsive spectrum. But the reality is it it very much, I think, speaks into this same space. And body dysmorphic disorder is where a person has um, a preoccupation with their appearance, that one's own body is too small, uh, too skinny, insufficiently muscular or insufficiently lean. And muscle dysmorphia affects mostly males. And um, there's a real, it involves a disordered fixation on exercising and nutrition. And the person just spends an inordinate amount of time and attention on exercise routines, dietary regimens, nutritional supplements. And use of anabolic steroids can be especially high. And it's estimated that maybe 1 in 10 gym-going men manifest the disorder. So I just kind of want to put that out there to the guys because you may not go the skinny route. um, But I tell you what, the other thing we do see is that when men feel like they are bigger than they should be, and this can occur with younger boys, of course, they may start to restrict their food intake and they may very much uh, find themselves on either the anorectic path. 25% of young people presenting with anorexia are boys. And with bulimia, um, again, if you start to try and restrict your 
intake and your body and your emotions start to rebel against that ongoing restriction because they will the body is not designed to restrict your emotions will rebel against deprivation and if you start to find yourself you know binging because you're kind of moving against that restriction you could easily find yourself on a bulimic pathway or anyway some form of disordered eating I think a lot of men underrepresent in the statistics and that is so unfortunate because guys you know we know loud and clear that uh, you are struggling in this area and it's great to see that there are programs I'm going to look some up actually bring them to you but you could just google men eating disorders I know I've come across a couple of really good sites that are particularly supportive to males who are struggling in this area but I just wanted to put you on the uh, landscape and you know obviously with binge eating disorder about there's an equal representation of males and females with bulimia I think it's around 15% of males presenting with anorexia it's about 25% of boys in the younger population and maybe 10 to 15% in older populations um, there's also uh, orthorexia which is an unhealthy obsession with otherwise healthy eating and it's a fixation on righteous eating. Starts out as an innocent attempt to eat more healthfully, but orthorexics become fixated on food quality and purity. They become consumed with what and how much to eat and how to deal with slip-ups. And ironclad will is needed to maintain this rigid eating style. Every day is a chance to eat right, to be good, to rise above others in dietary prowess. And self-punishment, if temptation wins is often the case so you can hear how similar to the eating disordered space orthorexia is and how similar to anorexia orthorexia is however it's not currently um, a diagnosis as such in the DSM-5 and I guess what I want to say here you know we were just continuing part two of the eating disorder landscape I guess what I want to say here is that eating disorders are defined as a serious mental illness associated with significant physical complications. I'm taking this from the National Eating Disorder Collaboration website and that's an Australian website, very good website, nedc.com.au and the other thing that um, really is the hallmark of eating disorders is disturbed eating behaviours, distorted beliefs, and extreme concerns about weight, shape, eating, body image. So we're talking serious mental illness, significant physical complications, disturbed behaviours, distorted beliefs, extreme concerns around weight, shape, eating, body image. We know anorexia, we know bulimia, we know binge eating. We've spoken about EDNOS, now called OSFED. So that's other specific feeding and eating disorders they may not fit those initial criteria but they are actually where people most commonly present for treatment and I guess the other ones are as I said muscle dysmorphia orthorexia things that are not classified but we know people lose a lot of life a lot of and what I mean there is actually muscle dysmorphia has um, a very high suicide rate in males I mean this is serious stuff anorexia has the highest mortality rate of any mental illness these are life-consuming problems and even if they don't take your life 
literally. They do take your life, they take your quality of life, they take your enjoyment of life and they can result in some long-term health consequences. You know, I've had a lot of trouble in the musculoskeletal area of my life. Um, I've had back surgery, I've had uh, chronic RSI issues, I've had a lot of musculoskeletal um, pain as a long-term consequence of my eating disordered behaviours and I haven't had an eating disorder symptom, I haven't struggled in that area for 20 plus years but I have had to really deal with anxiety and um, so you know life continues and we may not have an eating disorder but we still have to manage the underlying self-experience that takes us into that territory that gets ramped up by the territory and we can be left a little bit more sensitive and a little bit it's a bit like um I don't know if you know anything about chronic pain but it's like a sensitized nervous system and when you've been in the realm of disordered eating you've been on that track that treadmill um, you can lay down some stuff in your nervous system so that you are kind of hypersensitive and you a lot of people are hypersensitive to anxiety that's certainly um, the territory even after people come through anorexia and they're restored to a normal body weight they are often very hypersensitive to anxiety and struggle with that in an ongoing way depression um, I'll get some other experts I'll interview them bring them on the program and let them speak to us about some of these areas but I know in my own life I've struggled with some of this territory um, anyway so I really just wanted to paint the picture of the landscape a little bit more broadly I want to say in terms of statistics we we think about one two percent of young people struggle with anorexia two four percent bulimia four percent binge eating disorder and about 30% of people presenting to um, weight loss clinics could be struggling with binge eating disorder. Uh, muscle dysmorphia could be 1 in 10, 10% of um, gym going males. Orthorexia, we don't have figures. But the bottom line is there is a lot of people uh, struggling at both clinical levels and I would say many, many more under the radar people are struggling people are losing life and health and enjoyment and that just is not okay in my book so here we are I think a very simple uh, way to know if you have a problem in these areas is um, I love what Gillian Ball she's an Australian psychologist she wrote this in a book many years ago and it was you know your eating is probably troubling you if you feel guilty obsessed ashamed or out of control where food is concerned I love that definition thank you Gillian Ball food is not the issue it it is a way of coping with the underlying pain but as we get in that area of solving problems it becomes part of the problem and we end up in the eating disorder disordered eating space Okay, so the next thing I want to speak about is something that I've come up with over many years. I guess I first really put it into a diagram format when I started running these Women Worth Their Weight workshops. And it is a way of 
visually seen the eating disorder solution to the problem of pain. It's like a map, it's like a framework. And I have found, you know, look, I just work really well with pictures. And this is something that I have worked with that helps to give people a sense of the eating disorder space. The underlying issues, the way we deal with them, and how we can therefore start to approach recovery. I'm going to get onto that in not the next session, but the session after. Next session, I just want to focus in on mums and dads and people who care for people struggling in the territory. And episode beyond that, I'll come back to this framework, to this map. So stay tuned. Great to have your company. Go well, travel well. And um, yeah, here's, a, here's my bottom line. Value is your birthright. It may not be your experience, but I'm telling you, value is your birthright. You are valuable. You deserve to take up space. You have a life worth living. Your body is your home. It is not an object to be used, abused or exploited, although we do live in a culture that can make that pretty tough to embody, to embody that truth and walk it out. And finally, in a world with so much uncertainty, we all need to experience security. And the interesting thing is that security really needs to be something that is rooted deep inside us. And the more we look for that safety in controlling numbers and calories and kilograms and body and other people's opinions, the more insecure and out of control we're going to become. A lot more to say about that. So stay tuned. Great to have your company. Big hugs, travel well, and look forward to docking in with you again. 